Section 216 of Chesterfield's Letters to His Son. Read for LibriVox.org into the public domain. Letter 303. London, November 3rd, 1767. My dear friend, your last letter brought me but a scurvy account of your health. For the headaches you complain of, I will venture to prescribe a remedy, which by experience I found a specific, when I was extremely plagued with them. It is either to chew ten grains of rhubarb every night going to bed, or, what I think rather better, to take immediately before dinner a couple of rhubarb pills, of five grains each, by which means it mixes with the ailments, and will by degrees keep your body gently open. I do it to this day, and find a great good by it. As you seem to dread the approach of a German winter, I would advise you to write to General Conway, for leave of absence for the three rigorous winter months, which I dare say will not be refused. If you choose a worse climate, you may come to London, but if you choose a better and a warmer, you may go to Nice en Provence, where Sir William Stanhope is gone to pass his winter, who I am sure will be extremely glad of your company there. I go to the Bath next Saturday, Utenum de Frustra. God bless you. Letter 304. Bath, September 19, 1767. My dear friend, Yesterday I received your letter of the twenty-ninth past, and am very glad to find that you are well enough to think that you may perhaps stand the winter at Dresden, but if you do, pray take care to keep both your body and your limbs exceedingly warm. As to my own health, it is in general as good as I could expect it at my age. I have a good stomach, a good digestion, and sleep well, but find that I shall never recover the free use of my legs, which are now full as weak as when I first came hither. You ask me questions concerning Lord C., which neither I, nor I believe, anybody but himself can answer. However, I will tell you all that I do know, and all that I guess concerning him. This time twelve-month he was here, and in good health and spirits, except now and then some little twinges of the gout. We saw one another four or five times at our respective houses, but for these last eight months he has been absolutely invisible to his most intimate friends, les sous-ministres would receive no letters, nor so much as open any packet about business. His physician, Dr., as I am told, had very ignorantly checked a coming fit of the gout, and scattered it about his body, and it fell particularly upon his nerves, so that he continues exceedingly vaporish, and would neither see nor speak to anybody while he was here. I sent him my compliments, and asked leave to wait upon him, but he sent me word that he was too ill to see anybody whatsoever. I met him frequently taking the air in his post-chase, and he looked very well. He set out from hence for London last Tuesday, but what to do, whether to resume or finally to resign the administration, God knows. Conjectures are various. In one of our conversations here, this time twelve-month, I desired him to secure you a seat in the new Parliament. He assured me that he would, and, I am convinced, very sincerely— he said even that he would make it his own affair, and desired that I would give myself no more trouble about it. Since that I have heard no more of it, which made me look out for some venal borough, and I spoke to a borough-jobber, and offered five and twenty hundred pounds for a secure seat in Parliament. But he laughed at my offer, and said that there was no such thing as a borough to be had now, for that the rich East and West Indians had secured them all, at the rate of three thousand pounds at least, but many at four thousand, and two or three that he knew at five thousand. This, I confess, has vexed me a good deal, and made me the more impatient to know whether Lord C. had done anything in it, which I shall know when I go to town, as I propose to do in about a fortnight, 
and as soon as I know it you shall. To tell you truly what I think, I doubt, from all this nervous disorder, that Lord C. is hors de combat as a minister, but do not ever hint this to anybody. God bless you. Letter 305, Bath, December 27, 1767, and Nova Praginis. My dear friend, the outlines of a new ministry are now declared, but they are not yet quite filled up. It was formed by the Duke of Bedford. Lord Gower is made President of the Council, Lord Sandwich, Postmaster, Lord Hillsborough, Secretary of State for America only, Mr. Rigsby, Vice-Treasurer of Ireland. General Conway is to keep the seals a fortnight longer, and then surrender them to Lord Weymouth. It is very uncertain whether the Duke of Grafton is to continue at the head of the Treasury or not, but in my private opinion, George Grenville will very soon be there. Lord Chatham seems to be out of the question, and is at his repurchased house at Hayes, where he will not see a mortal. It is yet uncertain whether Lord Shelburne is to keep his place. If not, Lord Sandwich, they say, is to succeed him. All the Rockingham people are absolutely excluded. Many more changes must necessarily be, but no more are yet declared. It seems to be a resolution taken by somebody that ministers are to be annual. Sir George McCartney is next week to be married to Lady Jane Stuart, Lord Bute's second daughter. I never knew it so cold in my life as it is now, and with a very deep snow, by which, if it continues, I may be snowbound here for God knows how long, though I propose leaving this place the latter end of the week. Poor Hart is very ill here. He mentions you often, and with great affection. God bless you. When I know more, you shall. End of section 216. Read by Professor Heather and By. For more free audiobooks or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org.